This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And a pleasure to be joined right now by Susan Wachter, Professor of Real Estate here at the Wharton School. Susan, great to have you back with us today. Pleasure to be here. Okay, give us your read on what we're seeing right now because it's a very unique dynamic that we've seen play out over the last couple of years. Uh, It doesn't feel like uh, that uh, we're going to see a a surge uh, like we saw a year or two ago anytime soon with the Fed holding rates. What's your read on real estate in general right now? Real estate in general is no such thing. It is very bifurcated uh, and trifurcated. Of course, the office market is uh, in the crosshairs, and residential is, let me use the word, interesting. Uh, many people, um, there are some prognosticators, forecasted a 20% decline in house values. I never was among that group. In uh, my Barron's article, I said that's not going to happen, and I don't think it's going to happen going forward, even with a potential recession. On the other side, uh, talking about owner-occupied, I think there's a potential, actually, end of this uh, flatlining. We're in a flatlining and upsurge as soon as it's clear that interest rates are uh, – that our issue's over and interest rates are not going to head up. Right now, of course, it's still – the markets expect interest rates to decline. It's a consensus. The Fed is saying, no, we're serious, and we're going to raise – maybe two two times more yeah. in 2023. And in that case, of course, mortgage rates will go up and we'll have more downside. But I don't see Armageddon in single family. I rather see flatlining. And then when, it's, when we have clarity, when it's clear that inflation's under control and it gets into the 3% range, which I believe actually could happen, so I'm rather uh, an optimist on this. Really? I'd say, I, I, yes, by next year at this time, I think we could be down another – we're down to 4% from a height of over 8%. So it's pretty – a lot of progress. You know, still twice as high as the Fed would like. Yeah. But I think that next year at this time, we could be with a you know, slow session, um, maybe a recession mild, but slow session. We would be in a 3% range. The Fed will still keep hold – but they would be that would I believe the end of raising rates, and at that point, we will see an increase in inventory, increase in buying, and this logjam that's holding back resi will start easing, and I believe at that point we'll see price rises again, and depending on how strong the economy is, it could be significant. We're in a whole new world in real estate in all our sectors. In residential, the increase in housing prices of 40 percent, the increase in rents of 30 percent, I don't see that. Uh, I don't see that undoing in the next year. So I think we're in a affordability crisis situation now that will persist. I don't see a surge in supply. I mean, we do have a surge in supply of new construction, but it's costly. So it doesn't really help us on our affordability. It helps. But it's not bringing prices down. Prices are holding, at, and rents too, at very unaffordable levels. That is the housing crisis. It high, too high prices, and of course, on the commercial real estate, uh, we have effective rents. And some buildings are, you know, about the valuation is simply uh, land minus demolition. So the um, real estate's 
very interesting using that word that means uh, you wouldn't really want to be in these topics. You had a choice. <laughs> this commercial real estate is absolutely in the crosshairs. Yeah. And we still don't know how much the banking sector could be affected. We may see other banks, small banks that are pulled down by this. And in any case, all lenders into the commercial real estate are pulling back. Uh, uh, leasing activity is very limited. So there's all sorts of questions of what really is the price of commercial real estate is a lack of activity. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that anyway, because it seems like a lot of companies are really having to take stock of their uh, building footprint, uh, of the, the rental properties that they have, whatever it might be, uh, in terms of uh, their operations, uh, because with the component of remote work still playing a factor, uh, th that's going to mean that you're going to have more people working from home at whatever level, and you're going to have less need to have uh, property uh, you know, under your, uh, under your fingernail. And how that plays out is still uncertain. You know, there were some more hopeful people out there that remote work would reverse. It doesn't look like that's about to happen. Uh, it's not reversed. If, uh, since the beginning of the year, we're still at about 50%. It might. Some, some sectors, it might to some degree. But we have a transformation of our labor markets. Remote work is, to a large extent, here to stay. And, of course, it's hitting office markets and office values, particularly older lower quality, uh, there's a real bifurcation within the office sector. 30% uh, of, of the buildings have 90% of the vacancy. So we have buildings that are a, a large share of the older buildings, and therefore the downtowns with a large share of older buildings are absolutely in this valuation quagmire where it, the, um, the value of the buildings is are there leases in place, basically? Does that mean that you are going to see, well, it, it would seem that, that you will see less construction in a lot of these uh, bigger cities uh, of new office buildings, and you will see potentially more retrofitting of some of the older buildings to be able to be up to standard, up to the needs of companies today on a variety of different fronts from a technical perspective? Absolutely. And those higher-quality buildings are actually... Uh, retaining value, and there are, there are uh, deals that are being made at surprisingly uh, low coverage. Very few. We, again, we have very little price recovery, but that is what we will see. Uh, High-valued office buildings will come through this in high-valued locations. Location absolutely matters here. Uh, coasts are hit worse uh, than the Sun Belt. And, of course, in the coast, it's the West Coast that's particularly hit the um, San Francisco, the Bay Area, is being not only uh, two hits, not two strikes, but three strikes. It's the higher interest rates that are undermining value across the country. It's the remote work that's particularly ironically hitting Silicon Valley. And uh, it's a potential doom loop in the San Francisco uh, area city because tax um, uh, tax uh, rateables are uh, very much impacted by the office buildings that are emptying out. Is there a downstream impact then from the problems that you say are going to play out on the coasts to what we will see play out in other parts of the country, the Sun Belt, uh, the Midwest, et cetera, in terms of the level of property in those locations as well? Well, absolutely. The entire commercial real estate sector is uh, facing uh, these issues because uh, of the debt 
the debt issue that smaller lenders particularly, you know, there's about a $6 trillion uh, commercial real estate debt out there. And uh, about 60% of that is, uh, is banks, and 70% of that is small banks. So we have a small bank commercial real estate lending issue that is not resolved. It's going to get worse. And as it gets worse, small banks, which are, and mid-sized banks, which are the disproportionate lenders to commercial real estate, are pulling back. They're not lending. The question of uh, refi- refinancing is still out there. The question of what's happening to interest rates. So that is what we need to keep a sharp eye out for. Uh, I don't see it being uh, systemic in terms of capital markets at large, the way our subprime crisis was. But nonetheless, we may have other banks failing, and depositors, of course, will be protected, which means a bailout, which means taxpayer uh, money up front. And, but this will not happen in a crisis mode bringing down the economy, uh, I don't believe. And, it, and how it, we don't know how it resolves, it undoubtedly will get worse. And how much worse it will get or how it will resolve depends on the bigger question of inflation and Fed policy. Because the extent that the Fed must tighten and raise rates, this, of course, causes small banks to face higher funding costs, higher deposit rates at the same time as their portfolio is is, uh, underperforming. Will there be, though, certain segments of, of new property building in cities that will continue Thinking about areas like around health care and, and some of the other components Absolutely. that are still necessities of, of cities. Uh, not Yes, because they're in person. So the life science office sector is doing quite well. The cities which are uh, predominantly in that space, like Philadelphia, like Boston, are in, or in better positions. So because life sciences and lab space, et cetera, are very much in person, you know, we haven't played out this remote work. We're just in the very beginning, but it's going to be clear that some economic activity really does need the collaboration and the mentoring and the in-person, maybe finance. So, you know, New York, I believe, is more protected than areas that are uh, more tech and more um, artificial intelligence and more at a distance. Uh, but creative activity is always going to be in place. But as you say, life sciences. But the other big move in the, um, re- the, the renovation of uh, repurposing of these older office stock is to residential. That's a big unknown as well because how how best to do this, zoning laws have to be changed, huge coordination issues. The, uh, the uh, local, the, the city government has to change its zoning rules. The lenders have to decide how they're going to deal with uh, who owns the property, right? Yeah. But if the properties are repriced at a much lower capitalization, the new owners will be well incentivized to repurpose the buildings, maybe for residential. And, wow, we need residential. All right. Susan, always great to have you with us. Thanks very much for your time today. Pleasure. You got it. Susan Wachter, professor of real estate here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.